welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else, and you're looking for a pair of good-looking eyes to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. I hate when you do that! That's why Where's I do it. Where's it alive, baby? Sports honchos! Sports spectacular for you this evening. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, holding out the board here in the great state of New York on the longest of islands. And everybody, please say hello to your favorite honcho of mine, Mr. Robert Cuny from the great state of Maryland. How are you, sir? Greetings and salutations. And as Mr. Cuthbert so eloquently said, welcome to the Sports Honcho's Shocktober Spooktacular. And if you think that's the end of the Halloween puns and the Halloween themes and the Halloween yucks, you've never tuned into the show before. It's that's be all a I long have to say. Six hours. I tell you that. It is six hours. That's, that's going to be a breeze. You told me twelve hours. I'm very disappointed. I, I know, thought I we'd can't... actually be here until Halloween, until the kids showed up for candy. <laughs> I know. Hi there. <laughs> and just like gifts and presents, presents. It's... <laughs> See, I can't. I'm already, We're professionals, uh, yeah, everybody. And just like gifts from Santa at Christmas time. Hey now. Like we've promised you about putting the show on video. What uh, you know, Mr. Cuny right now is all spunky and sparky and happy and Casper the sure ghost and all and, that stuff and, right now. And pantless. Since we're going with the Halloween puns, all right. right? And I'm pantless. But by <laughs> But by the end of the show, folks, you got to see this guy fade away. It's brutal. It really is. So I know I only got him for a I got happy, Rob, for a few minutes. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Well, I took my pill, so maybe a half an hour, not just a few minutes. It's like Marty in uh, Back to the Future when his family's yep. pictures disappearing. <laughs> it's Rob. true. I mean, you know, truth be told, I am doing this after, you know, a day at the office. Or, oh, or like you're like the only one. School. I'm just saying. It's, it's not like I just got out of bed and said, let's do a show. So, you know, I keep it together. And then when the music plays to say we're going out, I'm done. Then I fall over. As soon as we go off the air, I hit the floor. Certainly does. It's a loud, loud thump. Yep. There's no doubt about it. But when we go, you know, to glorious high-definition video, you just won't see my face at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't see the fading. Or I'll put on a mask. Mike Myers mask every it, show. Exactly. You know what? It's like you're reading my mind. Oh, yes, there it is. Creepy, chilling, Halloween music. Have question you for the, you. Have you seen? All right, you go ahead. You beat me to it. You get, ask me a question first. Are you a Michael Myers person or a Jason Voorhees person in the great debate of late seventies horror slash slasher movie? All right, I'm going to answer your question with a question first because I need your answer to give you my answer. That's very Jewish of you, but go ahead. Thank you. Uh, how many <laughs> uh, episode or how many movies are we up to now in the Halloween series, Mike Myers, and how many? Friday the 13th, have there been? All right, so I have no idea on Friday the 13th. Probably almost as many as the Halloween movies, but I believe this latest one, Halloween Kills, is number 12 total. But if you go by the the canon, there's only been Halloween 1, Halloween 2, 
the Halloween that came out three years ago and now this one. But there's been 12 total movies made. Okay, so I've only seen the first Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I've really only seen it the first time it came out. How many years ago? At 43 years ago now? 1978? So, wow. Well, yeah, so I was 12, whatever the heck it was, yeah. whatever the number. So uh, probably late night on, you know, Fox Cable Channel or whatever the heck it was. Right. And then uh, same thing with Friday the 13th. I probably saw I probably saw the second one. Right. You know, I just remember a, a shack log cabin by the water. And yeah. Kids Camp Crystal killed. Lake. Yes. All right. Camp so, Crystal um, Lake. So that's 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 my answer. I've I've seen both movies, mm-hmm. but pretty much only the first one. Right. Well, I saw I didn't see the Halloween movies till late. You know, not like a year ago, but much later after they came out, I saw. The first Friday the Thirteenth I ever saw was the one that was in 3D, glorious 3D in like 1982, 83, 84, somewhere in the neighborhood. That's the first one I saw in the movie theater, and then I saw the first one. The first one seemed like it was on TV all the time, which is bizarre. You don't want to watch it on TV because they cut everything out. That's the only place I ever saw it. The first two I ever saw on TV, and then I was, I was kind of done with the franchise, you know, and blood gurgling all over the place. But I saw Halloween one and two. And then I saw the one that came out three years ago. I missed all the other. I didn't see Halloween 20, which some people say was pretty good. Um, but, I, you know, really, after you see the first two, and then not the reboot, but the one that came out three years ago, I guess that's really all you need to see. But for me, Halloween is a much more, it's just a better movie. It doesn't just say we're going to kill people and splatter as much blood as possible with some guy in a, in a hockey mask like, Friday the Thirteenth did. I'm not gonna. I don't want to be pretentious to say Halloween is a much more serious movie because it's not. But at least it tries to tell more of a story and build up more suspense, much like Jaws did with shark attacks. Instead of just out and out shark gore, they built it up. You didn't really see the shark until the end. Just the thought of the shark was much more frightening than the shark itself. And that's kind of what Halloween, at least the first two, went for. After that, it was just, it was a gore fest. Yeah. So, I mean, for guys like us, ancient guys like us, it's it's Halloween, it's Friday the 13th, it's Texas right. Chainsaw Massacre. Amityville Horror, the first one. Amityville Horror and Nightmare on Elm Street, you might throw in there. Yes, and um, would you put The Omen in there and The Exorcist? Although now oh, we're going see, way well, back. Well, now you're going on and on. Yeah, I mean, but I'm, we're going well, way too far back. Slasher-type blood right. kill kind of thing. Right. You know, Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw right. and Nightmare on Elm Street. Late stuff. 70s, early 80s, that time period. And then, you know, the screen Lots of white folk getting up. slaughtered, basically. Is what nothing wrong with that. To, you know? <laughs> By the way, that, again, was another Dumb rejected white folk. name. Another rejected name for our podcast, White Guys Getting Slaughtered. But we thought that seemed a little negative when you're trying to build an audience. So we scrapped that one. But we can always come back and change the name. Um. Yeah, those that late '70s, early '80s uh, slasher slash slasher slash sounds so weird horror movies, and then the genre was kind of reignited with the scream movies in the '90s. Which, by the way, I saw I saw Dune and I saw a preview for a, yet another scream movie, All right, just time, called Scream. Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Yes. First, back up a little bit. I'll rewind you, the. You t- watch the new Dune? Yes. All right. So don't say anything because I haven't yet. I'm saying, In I just fact, said I saw it. What I did painfully the other night was, was kind of skim through the original one. Oh, why? And, it, and it, I know, it why hurt. Why would you do that to it yourself? It really hurt. It was, it was, it was awful. But we can't waste to, time like that at our age, I know, age, but I, like I said, I skimmed <laughs> through it, you know? It was, okay. 
you know, I had still to, took three hours. Yeah, I was just just. It was almost like I was watching that while watching other stuff in between and just coming back. Right. I just needed to get a little bit of the beginning, a little bit of, just to get ready to plop down for the, what, two and a half some odd hours for the new Dune that's coming out. Yeah, but um, it, it goes like this, man. You don't feel it. It right, goes. good. Well, look, Sorry. Shush. Sorry. All right, real quick before we talk about our episode number 44 tonight, and we're going to continue on. Uh, with famous numbers here on our episode. But before we do that, real right. quick, as far as watching yes. stuff on TV right now, are you checking mm-hmm. out uh, Foundation on Apple TV? I do not have Apple TV, so the answer would be a hard no. So then you're definitely not watching Invasion either? No. Okay. All right. No, sorry. Moving on. Moving on. Sorry, my friend. But I did finish the Squid Game. Which your and salary? You, you, you don't have that? I mean... Oh, yeah, my gigantic civil service salary... <laughs> And I'm sure, just like your wife makes an abundant pile of money, as she is also a she education does, we, professional. We have, we have a huge plot of land here on the island of Long. Yeah, but what where you live, it's probably what whoa, a few shekels whoa, an acre. Whoa, whoa, what do you mean where you live? What do you mean because by you that? don't you don't live in a place where everything is overly inflated like we here live in, in Nassau County, County. It's the most highest tax county in the no, country. No, no, Montgomery County says hold my beer to that. Come on. You mean you can't get an outhouse here for less than a hundred thousand dollars? Anywhere else is cheaper. Anywhere else, up Fairfax County, which is well, right this down. This is all the, for another course. episode. Yes, uh, join us next week on the real estate honchos <laughs> as we discuss property values. Yeah, we can really branch this whole brand right. out, man. And Woo! who's the more pretentious white middle class suburbanite, <laughs> me or Paul? Maybe I'm sorry. Maybe we're right. maybe we're doing this wrong. We are. Fuck the sports. Fuck the sports shit. (laughs) You know, we can just... There's too many sports shows out there. But then again, there's... Oh, my God. There's podcasts for everything, man. We got to find a podcast for something they're not talking about, buddy. There isn't anything they're not talking about. You see this pen that I'm holding up? There's probably a podcast, at least eight or nine, about... What about things you can do with earwax? I'm sure someone's beating you to it. Damn. I'm telling you. All right. All right. So you're not watching the shows I'm watching, and you got Netflix, and... You're you, you know what? Squid Game. You know what they're not doing a podcast about. I guarantee you, about podcasts, just like Kramer's a coffee table book about coffee tables. How about a podcast about podcasts? You know, see, see, we are doing this wrong, and then and then we we just we would have guests on that have podcasts, right? And then we don't have to worry about. Doesn't matter what they're talking about this week. We don't care. It's a podcast about the nothing. podcast honchos. There you go. All, All right, right good night, everybody. This is our, this is our last <laughs> sports honchos because yep. we got to make some money. We sure so, do. So Rob can afford Apple TV. <laughs> and I can afford to live in, you know, Nassau County, clearly. Uh, I don't think so, Robert. I know, you I'm can not keep invited. dreaming, though. We I won't visit. let you over the bridges. <laughs> I can look. I can look longingly from over the bridge, that's but I can't actually we, enter. That's why we built bridges here on Long Island, so we can but monitor who comes and who goes. Is it a drawbridge? Oh, this is, you know. Highly secured cameras everywhere. It's fantastic. And very expensive to get over the bridge. Bridges. Yeah, I couldn't even afford to visit. One trip up and back, and that's a week's salary. So, what's your I'll buddy who lives right. out here on the island with me? Who's your friend out here? You know, Pat. Pat. Our okay. friend Pat. Out oh, a Mets our, our, fan. Our Mets and Rangers insider. We got. You know, so. we got to hire that guy, and he, we got to make him part of meet the mess. Okay, so first we have to make money. Oh. And then, and then we can hire people. 
Not the other way around. Tell him, <laughs> tell him he can be an intern. Can we hire? Oh, there you go. Hey, we don't have any interns here yet, but we'll take all applications for summer internships from all of our college age honcho uh, listeners. Who the hell? Who the fuck wants to talk about the Mets anyway? Oh my god! Even he Nobody doesn't want to talk to about. Even he doesn't Cohen's want to talk out about the there Mets. With now hiring signs, and nobody's coming in. Even he doesn't want to talk about him. So, <sighs> throws it. I tell you what, if he throws in a yacht, I'll go in. I'll interview. I'll give <laughs> sure. Him a all right. All right, pal. Yikes. It's episode number 44. It's October 27th. World Series is. is going on tonight. Let's fire this thing up. Let's Before we get into uh, headlines that make you do lines, what do you got for us tonight? Uh, episode 44. All Who's right. your favorite so 44? We started last week with, you know, famous athletes wearing the number of the show that we're on. So last week was 43. The, the great Richard Petty, King Richard, Dick Petty, as I like to call him, was number 43. The 43 car this week. It's my personal all-time favorite athlete ever in any sport, in any any discipline. Washington's own, form, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, old number 44, John Riggins, who uh, authored and orchestrated the greatest play in Washington, D.C. sports history. I will put that up against any other argument. His 43-yard uh, run on fourth and one in Super Bowl 17. To ice the victory, bringing Washington's first Super Bowl championship. You know, back in the days when the Redskins, now the Wolfskins, year after year competed for something. And not just the most woebegone, dysfunctional franchise. If there was a trophy for that, we'd have them all. So, we have a clip so you can experience a little bit of that magical moment. January of 1983, fourth and one, and hit it. Here comes the diesel. Here comes the diesel. Riggins. He's going to go all the way. Unless Blackwood can catch him and he can't. The announcement now is official. The most valuable player of Super Bowl 17, John Riggins. Just hearing that diesel horn still gives me a chill, and I've seen that play only about a billion times. So, fourth down and one with poor Don McNeil, a cornerback, on a running back who was like 6'1 and, you know, 220, 230, 240. He was a truck. He was a diesel truck. That's why he was called the diesel. Grabbing on for dear life, looking like he was a child clinging to his father's leg being pulled through the grocery store. Until he eventually had to let go, otherwise he would have been trampled. And so there you go. Greatest moment in my he... life, greatest moment in D.C. sports history. Yeah, no, that's all I remember, so. too, man. I mean, I was, what, 13 myself, and I remember that yeah. game. And we all used to huddle around the small TV and watch the big mm-hmm. game. The small TV. Yes. With the, with the channel clicker so. on, the, on the thing. Right. When there was um, actually a clicker because it made a clicking yeah. noise, kids. Yes. Great. History lesson. Get up that's why and change the channel for me. Remember those? That we were the, you and I were the remote control for yes. our parents. Yes, hey, we hey, Paulie, get your ass up and change the channel, huh? <laughs> what do you want, Mom channel would look two? Over. Channel two, yeah. four, five, nine, or eleven? What do you want, Dad? Ma, what do you want? Yeah. yeah um, so, did mom, Reagan's... mom would look at Dad and say, "You know, I'd like to watch something else. Could you pass me the remote?" And Dad says, "Sure thing." Hey, Paulie, <laughs> your mom wants you to change the channel. And you had to come all the way from upstairs in your room, all the way downstairs, turn the channel, go back upstairs. 
So at least that's that's. Hey, I don't house. know about you, but weeknights in my house was Mash, uh, mm-hmm. the Honeymooners. Star the Honeymooners. Trek, wait, 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 wait. The Honeymooners. Uh, yeah, man. What are you, 100? MASH, yes. The Honeymooners, a little bit before our time. Yeah, but they used to put it on, well, here in New York, WPIX Channel 11, oh, they okay. used to run the reruns. Got it. Like 10, 11 o'clock during the week. Right. I don't know what I was doing up that late, but, you know. But I vividly right. remember uh, that. And then there was one, oh, my God, I can't uh, remember what the other name was. It was some kind of creepy crime fighter kind of thing. The Night Stalker. That's it. Boom. The Night wow. Stalker. Yeah. No, no, I remember. No, MASH was a staple in our house as well. Oh, yeah. Monday nights on CBS. Fire up the helicopters. Great theme yes. song. Good Suicide stuff. is painless. You know, it brings on many changes. And Brilliant. I can take or leave it. Way ahead of its time. <laughs> if I One can. of my favorite terms ever coming out of the show. Horse hockey. Yes. Horse <laughs> hockey. The great. The great. Harry Morgan is Colonel Sherman T. Potter. Colonel Sherman. Not, not Harry Potter. No. Sherman T. Potter. Way ahead of his time. All no. right, pal. Well, congrats on uh, your your favorite guy making the favorite uh, episode number here on uh, on yep. the sports honchos, soon to be the podcast honchos. Right, and it's stay tuned for number forty five next week. Who will it be? Well, that's why you tune in every week to there find out. All right, pal. Now, All right for my favorite new song here at the honchos. Oh boy, my favorite. <laughs> oh God, See, I'm going to put this pen in my I have ear. To take a deep breath here and get ready for this because this. For some odd reason, just kills me. But here we go, ladies and gentlemen. What a great it's idea! Time for headlines that make you do lines. <laughs> it's time for us to go maybe halfway around the world for a little bit of crazy news. As Mister Cooney nice. gives us those headlines. <laughs> Make it two lines. The, the best part is it's so loud. That's the uh, sports honchos. Party string band back there. Take it away, Mr. Cutie. Again, <laughs> way too loud. Let's tell the band to back it up a bit. Back up. Back All right, guys, up. bring it down. Bring it down. The bring old man down. wants to turn it down. Yeah. The old man wants to turn it down. Now, you'll be happy to know this week, all the news that we have is above the equator if you catch oh. my drift. God. No corgasms, no gluing your penis shut. All wholesome family entertainment, especially as we get ready for the spooktacular that is All Hallows Eve. All right, story number one from the Washington Post. Are you a Pop-Tart fan, Mr. Cuthbert? Do you They're like the Pop-Tart? so I don't eat them. I only really? eat the other things that are not good for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> like the box of Apple Jacks I bought at CVS the other day. Fantastic. <laughs> well... I, do you expect that that box of Apple Jacks contains real apples or real Jacks? I got it because it said it's extra cinnamon. No, just like you, Paul. Well, <laughs> here's your head, first headline. A woman sues Kellogg's over lack of strawberries in strawberry Pop-Tarts. Seeks, wait for it, I'll wait till you're finished drinking, $5 million. Man. $5 million. Need, does she need anybody to help her bring the paperwork? I mean... This woman is a total moron. I hope she goes all the way. I hope they don't settle. I hope they go to court. I hope the judge just looks at her and just says, get out. You Actually, not only am I not going to fine for you, but I'm going to sentence you to a lifetime of eating Pop-Tarts. This is a part of a class action lawsuit. The suit filed October 19th in the Southern District of New York 
There you New go. New York, oh, come on. Is the latest in a series of class action suits against Kellogg's sales company for variations of the same allegation, namely that it misrepresents the ingredients of strawberry Pop-Tarts in marketing and packaging to sell, that, sell them at a premium price. To which I add, parenthetically, all Kellogg's is guilty of is marketing, making things seem like they're better, so you buy them. I thought that's what advertising is. Uh, let's see. Russet is the name uh, Elizabeth Russet of Dutchess County. Where is Dutchess County? It's far away from me, thank God. Okay, good. Uh, the plaintiff, Elizabeth Russet of Dutchess County in New York, demanded a jury trial and $5 million in compensation under the Class Action Fairness Act. Russet's complaint alleges that strawberry Pop-Tarts contain more pears and apples than strawberries and that the amount of strawberries they contain, quote, is insufficient not merely to provide the nutrient benefits of strawberries, but to provide a strawberry taste. According to the suit, Kellogg uses, quote, vegetable juice for color and paprika extract color to give strawberry Pop-Tarts their vivid red coloring. The complaint further alleges the company charges a higher price than consumers would likely refuse to pay if they knew how little strawberries were in the Pop-Tarts. No shit. Citing data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which shows that strawberries are almost 50% more expensive than pears. Hey, you don't say. Uh, the complaint focuses on the whole grain strawberry Pop-Tarts because it argues that for health-conscious consumers seeking to add more fiber to their diet, the, products labels, the product labels relatively truthful whole grain statements create expectations that other statements will be truthful, namely that the product contains mostly strawberries. Again, that's kind of the idea of advertising. So we'll update you as details become available. But the suit was just filed, so now it begins the long slog through federal court to determine whether or not strawberry Pop-Tarts are actually strawberries. And I got news for you, Miss Russet of Dutchess County. If you think that strawberry frosted Pop-Tarts are really filled with actual strawberries, you must also believe that a McDonald's hamburger is chock full of real meat as well. Maybe that'll be your next lawsuit. It's not? No. Uh, get my lawyer! I know, get you're flabbergasted. Right now. I'm outraged, I say. It's an outrage. Where's my attorney? So, there you go. Pop-Tarts, uh, and then what's next? Blueberry Pop-Tarts, which Don't are Don't give blue. her any ideas. Well, I'm sure that's She her, might that's, be listening. Stop it next, right now. That's next on the list. She's like, wait, these are blue. There are no blueberries in here. Stop me if you've heard this one before. And then what's next? The uh, whatever Don't, else. Stop. I know, I'm give, sorry. Don't give sorry, no ideas. more ideas. The blueberry ones are enough. Okay. You bring up Next. pumpkin draft beer, and it's going to be a nightmare, okay? This woman, Elizabeth Russet, is going to ruin it for all of us in Dutchess County. All right. We here, as a public service announcement at the sports honchos, we do not condone drunk driving of any sort unless it's funny and involves a motorless vehicle. This is from Action News 4. In Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, headline, teen charged with DUI following crash involving Amish buggy in Lawrence County. That's right. Charges were filed last week after a crash involving an Amish buggy in which police said the 18-year-old operator of the buggy was driving under the influence of alcohol. That's fantastic. You can't make this stuff up. State police said they arrived at the scene of Old North Hickory Road to find the buggy in a ditch and the horse unlatched. 
Investigators said the operator, John Byler of New Wilmington, suffered minor injuries and a passenger suffered major injuries. According to police, Byler said he was traveling northbound on State Route 18 when a PennDOT snowplow traveling southbound spooked the horse. Police said Byler told them he wasn't sure what happened afterwards and just remembers lying in a ditch. At the time, Byler was determined to be under the influence of alcohol and was arrested on the scene. His blood alcohol level was 0.125. Now, I, that's not the impression I get when I see the Amish at the Dutch market that, that any of them are going to, first of all, drink enough to have a, a 0.125 blood alcohol level and then get behind the wheel of a horse and buggy. So, so, excuse me, is this guy Amish or was this guy a kid in town who stole the Amish? No, man? no, he's Amish. An Amish teen who, I guess, was sneaking a few pops while hanging out in his horse and buggy. They're not allowed to drink, right? No. That's what makes it so funny. And, again, nobody was hurt, including the animal, so we find it you funny. Know, I've Otherwise, I've seen some documentaries. I don't blame them opening up a few pops. No, I don't blame them either, but it's just, you know, again, you, there's a Dutch market around the corner from my house that I attend frequently, and it's you know filled to the brim with Amish people, and they they're very nice folks. Oh, you I really? At, I don't look at them you and got, go. Wait, you got some people. Amish folks around you? Mm-hmm. Really? They come down in a, in a in a wagon, not a covered wagon, but a van, a big van from Lancaster County in Pennsylvania, and they have their own store. Wow! It's fan, the food there. Tell them I said hi. Sure. Are they are they interested in sponsoring sports, uh, uh, sports podcasts? Um, well, considering they probably Whoa, don't do have... do the Amish have any podcasts? Oh, Amish a, a, a podcast about the Amish. Amish for drinking the Amish life. How about Amish drinking life? Right, who aren't listening anyway, because, you know, it's... That's electric. right, they got no radios, damn. Yeah, so, nor cell phones or Scratch computers. that off the list. Oh, but I can ask them if they wouldn't mind, you know, the free pretzel or two for the, the sports honchos. They have the best pretzels. Delicious. Again, not a sponsor. Like The Athletic, not yet a sponsor. Not but yet. Soon, soon will be. All right, last thing for you. I don't know, pal. They're letting a lot of people go again, and they're combining their uh, they're combining their teams now, too. Do you hear that about The Athletic? No. Yeah, so like no. the, the guy out here in Long Island who's covering the Islands for The Athletic, now he's covering the Islanders and the Rangers. Letting, they're cutting everything in half, man. Yeah, well, you know, that kind of, you know. Because people like you folks who are listening – that sort of consolidation makes somewhat sense. No, I was, it's I, like I was, Islanders I was, and the yeah. Stars. But People yeah, are trying to blame it, the listeners, which I shouldn't be doing. No. Yeah. No. But it's the reason why Rob can't get Apple TV and The Athletic is condensing. It's because you people yeah. out there. We need more listeners so I can get my Apple TV and The Athletic can hire more writers. It's All competitive, right. man. It's hard. It's you know I got right here. You know I love the list. We should do a GoFundMe for the sports honchos. Sure. Everybody else is doing it. No problem. We'll do a podcast about GoFundMe. There you go. Oh. How that's talk about synergy, yeah, baby. That anyway. Go ahead. Anyway, you know I love the lists, especially at you know, state by state, what's each state doing kind of lists, especially around the holidays. And I have you, here what what kind of list do you like, Rob? I mean, you know what this my, is each state's favorite Halloween candy, according to online that's, shopping data. That's not the list that I I wanted. I wanted the other list. I thought you were going to do uh, the other oh, list. The other list. You know my favorite I'm, list. I'm Ron Burgundy. What list would that be? This <laughs> list. This is my list. Oh, because my your kiss is on my list. 
This Woo! is why we're not in camp because I tell you what, man. Paul knows still does it for me, sucks. baby. You know the words? No. My friends wonder why I call you all the time. What can I say? Take the next verse. Go. I don't know the next verse. How to give such secrets away, everybody. <laughs> we got to get to the chorus, right? Because that's the whole part of the song, the whole reason I brought it up, right? All right. All right. We have to talk over this, right? So we don't get sued. Is that right? What? What? What'd you say? <laughs> what? What? Your kiss. Your kiss. Rob, give it the big WCBS radio outro. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I that got was, nothing. I couldn't think of anything. Dude, come on, I was that was Hall and Oates. That was Kiss on my list by Hall and Oates. Go. That was Hall and Oates with Kiss on my list. Hey, it's 8 o'clock in the big city, everybody. This just in from the National Weather Service. There's going to be an avalanche of classic rock. Good job, I think, I, I think that All gave right. me an aneurysm. Oh, man. Hey, man, just get we? you going. See, now I'm in a better mood. All in those, baby. Are we still doing a podcast? Okay. So anyway, the second list, after, you know, the list full of kisses, which, by the way, <laughs> kisses, probably on this list. A recent study from CandyStore.com, which sounds like a porn site, but it's not. Oh, an online candy retailer specializing in bulk shipments. Hey, now. It does sound like a porn site. Uh, is giving new insight into the most popular Halloween treats in each state uh, with their list here. The data supplemented with statistics from major manufacturers and distributors uh, was then utilized to determine the most popular Halloween candies in America as well as the three most popular candies in each state. The country as a whole, according to the study, appears to prefer Reese's Cups over all other brands, Skittles, M&M, Starboist, and surprisingly Hot Tamales. Rounded out the top five. So, I will not uh, laboriously go through each state unless it was humorous to do so. Uh, but if you have a particular state you're interested in, like I'm sure Maryland and New York, uh, Maryland's go-to candy, Hershey Kisses, Snooze Fest. New York's go-to candy, this can't be right. Come on. Sour Patch Kids? Oh, That's New York's go-to. Like uh, yeah, the kids like that stuff, man. I mean, I like Sour Patch Kids, but they really over all these others. You are a Sour Patch. Thank you. Almond Joy. This is why I hate the state of Connecticut. Almond Joy is Connecticut's number one. Too hard to Georgia, choose. in a shocking upset, Swedish Fish. Love Good the Swedish Fish. What's up, Massachusetts? Uh, Massachusetts is... Hold on. Please hold. Your call is very important to us. Um, again, with the Sour Patch Kids. Wow. Uh, Tootsie Pops in Minnesota, Three Musketeers, which for my money is one of the dullest of the candies. Uh, Mississippi. If you live in Montana, I don't. And you're looking for you're looking for some kicks, some Halloween kicks. Double Bubble Gum. Nice. Whatever I you know, whatever floats it. Uh, Lemonheads in Louisiana. That's uh, another stunning upset. Uh, Pennsylvania, Hershey's mini bars. All right, right. You know, we're not doing all 50 states here. No, we're not. I I just... Tell me what's going on in Idaho. Ah, the hoe. <laughs> uh, Starburst. All right, not bad. Okay. Not too shabby. Colorado. Uh, Hawaii, Colorado. 
Oh, Hershey Kisses. Like Solid. you guys. Solid, if unspectacular. Um, I'm looking for anything that's unique that hasn't been mentioned. Uh, Tootsie Pops in Minnesota. I said that already. What are they doing up in Alaska? What are they eating up there? Uh, crow. Hold on. Alaska. Sour Patch Kids. Wow. Sweet See? Beat the Nation. Bing, bing, Sweet bing. Beat. That's like the triple double for me, right? There you go. Three Sour Patch go. states. Uh, well, also oh, Sour Patch wins, Kids. Dono! Also popular in Maine, uh, Nebraska. And Illinois, a lot of Sour Patch Kids. Um, this is riveting radio, I know. Oh, Butterfinger in South Carolina. I'm looking for any more Sour Patch Kids. No. So there you go. All right, man. There's your list. That's That'll it. be a. We'll go through that. Each, we'll do a rundown on each one in the second. I'm sorry, the third hour of the Sports Hot Show. There you go, folks. Once again, headlines that make the two lines with Mr. Robert Cuny right here on the. Sports on shows. Shows. Oh, buddy. Yes, sir. I was looking in the lab. Well, it is oh, the yes. It's the most sports spectacular. As we cross over now into the sports section of our program, I figured we'd have a little bridge music, buddy. He did, did the monster, monster match. match. Did you do the voice for this? It was a graveyard no. Is this you? It's not. It sounds like you. I thank you. Come on, you can do it. I can't do that voice. Yes, you can. The monster mash. Yeah. <laughs> All right, enough goofing around. It's time to head to the gridiron in the college level. College. For some college football stuff. With, of course... Featuring, as always, the spectacular Blue Hose updates. We got you oh, covered. Pioneer League, baby. That's what I'm all here Pioneer for. League Every entertainment. Week. Blue Hose, baby. Blue and again, hose. I think the Washington Football Club should change their name to the Red Hose. I don't think this, given what's happening with this team, I don't think we should have any name that invokes hose or any other negative female imagery. So, Why? thank you. Enough. I'm talking about gardening equipment. Of course you are, but, but I'm sure people will misinterpret. There's exactly. a lot of gardening going on in Maryland down there. I've seen some incredible landscaping, so I think the Red Hose would be a phenomenal name. I don't know if he's talking about real agriculture, folks, so Rep- we'll just let that one be. horticulture. We'll just let that one. Hey, we put, the, we put the whore DC. in horticulture here All right, baby. College football. All right, Let's so do it, man. What week I'm, are we in now? We are now in week number eight. Going straight to the top 25? Straight to the top 25. And we are going to, because you've been asking me, November 2nd. So after this weekend, week number nine that we're going to enter into, after this weekend, on Tuesday the 2nd, ESPN sits down and decides the first of their five college football playoff uh, lists, rankings, culminating on uh, December 5th, Sunday the 5th, of December, that'll be their selection Sunday. And I will tell you, Ohio State, so the top five remains unchanged. Georgia, Cincinnati, oh, Alabama jumped from four to three. Oklahoma fell to four. And Ohio State at number five. Oddly enough, the Ducks of Oregon with the same record and a victory over Ohio State in Columbus sit at number seven. So Ohio State's lurking just beneath the surface, making their case when ESPN does their first CFP rankings to be in that top four. Because, Season's look, Georgia... Flying, man. It's flying, It's flying. What? 
It it's is. Fine. Georgia, it's Christmas. Come on. Georgia is rock solidly at number one, even Looking though good. they've really been challenged. Cincinnati barely beat Navy, beat them by a touchdown, 27 to 20. Alabama, you know, kind of slept walked their way over Tennessee. And the Sooners, Oklahoma, squeaked by Kansas after being down 17 7 in the second half. The game over Kansas, they won, it was 35 23, I believe. Their first win over a Division I opponent by more than a touchdown. Congratulations. So Oklahoma is barely clinging to that number four spot. I could see the rankings. I don't understand this college talk, this weird, there ain't no. How are they barely clinging? Because their their wins have not been very impressive. <sighs> yes, I know they're eight no, but my, my thing is this. Ohio State can go out and pummel Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, the teams they have left on their schedule. Uh, go to go to nine and one. Big Ten championship against with some Patsy from the other division, and Oklahoma with a not so impressive you know nine ten eleven and zero record. ESPN could say, well, we think Ohio State's better. I'm not saying there's logic to it. I'm just saying that's no, what I get, it, the, I get or, it. I get it. Or they'll like bump that. out. They'll bump out Cincinnati, but I still think the idea of an Ohio State Cincinnati head-to-head matchup in the college football playoffs is pretty spectacular. Yeah, that's and what since, we want. We want different I, teams, I, right? I I just I don't see Cincinnati losing the rest of their games, um, but they they should have pummeled Navy. Navy's not very good this year, and you know they beat them by a touchdown. So not good on the field, sir. but the best in the world on the seas. Of course. I like to see the University of Cincinnati, you know, get in a boat and defend the uh, the Pacific Coast. Thank you very much, Mr. Cuny. So we'll see what happens. Um, but chaos, the chaos has now died down a bit. Um, and this weekend's going to tell us a lot because this weekend is a lot of big-time conference action. Um, we'll see some teams separating themselves, especially in the SEC and the Big Ten. So I'll just let me go right to the games this weekend, then we'll – backtrack and talk about the two stupidest things I saw this weekend in Can't college. Uh, Penn State is goes to Ohio State this weekend. Um, Penn State's 5-2. and two, Ohio State is 6-1. and one. Big game. Uh, Penn State, I, I give them very little chance to win, uh, but if they do, that certainly upsets the apple cart in terms of Ohio State's chances and um, maybe promotes, propels uh, number 5 or number 6 Michigan or number seven, Oregon, into the conversation. Although Michigan is going to lose to Ohio State because they do every year. So maybe Oregon still has a shot if Penn State wins. Uh, number six, Michigan at number eight, Michigan State. Both teams undefeated. The Battle of Michigan. Um, neither team, I think, poses much of a challenge again to Ohio State despite their records. Georgia, number one, Georgia goes to Florida. This used to be one of the biggest games of the year, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, as they mm-hmm. used to call it. Um, it doesn't have quite the luster now that Florida is four and three, but like the USC Notre Dame game, it's one of those old timey Saturday afternoon in the fall college football games that no matter what the records are, you, you watch because it's filled with tradition. Hopefully there's a throwback uniform or two, you know, the old Florida helmets with the F on them with the gate. Uh, and then lastly, number 10, Ole Miss at number 18, Auburn, you know, Big-time SEC football. Ole Miss is fun to watch. They have Matt Coral, who could possibly win the Heisman Trophy this year. Um, he's one of the odds-on favorites to do so. So, two things this weekend that really stood out. And they stood out for a lot of people. But you've got – I don't know which one is dumber. 
So I'll I'll save my alma mater hey, for you, last. Before you move on, once again, yes, sorry, you are I not apologize. giving enough credit to uh, UTSA, who are also undefeated here. You're right. Please, if you'd like to regale us with tales of UTSA, UTSA, which is the Roadrunners, are 23rd, up from 24. Yeah, thank you very Eight much. Beat SFA last week, 24 to 10. Thank you very much. Well, there you go. Nice job. Let's good job, UTSA. Good old Texas San Antonio. Okay. Taunting. This is the NCAA. I'm sorry. That was that was that was early in the week. Hold on. I got to get this right here. Hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm holding. This gives no, me I'm a chance sorry. to Last re- week. Last week. Hold on. Mm. They beat Rice. Those bums from Rice. They beat the Rice. Forty-five. Nothing. Those eggheads from Rice, and they are eggheads. And they got. Yeah, I, I, I I couldn't get into Rice. I'm just jealous. Next okay. game is uh, UTEP. Look out, UTEP. Uh-oh. They're coming for you. It's UT on UT action. F versus oh, Saw. Like <laughs> F Ooh. versus Saw, the big Texas satellite campus Dukeru. Okay. UTSA hat. Let's go. The focus this year for college football has been on taunting. You know, for whatever. You, you say what you want about that is the focus. Sportsmanship abounds. It's college, blah, blah, blah. However... And I, I understand to a point. However, the, in the Iowa State game uh, against Oklahoma State this past weekend, a touchdown was nullified by a taunting call when uh, Xavier Hutchinson of Iowa State ran 51 yards into the end zone, a play which was called back because of taunting. Now, you're probably asking, did he stop on the goal line and motion for other players to come tackle him before he stepped into the end zone? Yet. Did he high-step it like a drum major down the sideline, knees up to his chin? No. Did he moon the crowd on his way in there? Did he blow kisses to the audience? None of those things. Nothing. Here's what he did. He, as he was running towards the goal line, he slightly, slightly turned a little bit to see the teams, the players behind him chasing him. That's, That's it. it. He turned his head a smidge. That's After it. No high stepping, you. no taunting, no nothing. And they flagged it as unsportsmanlike conduct. Are you kidding? And, and the play was whistled dead. No oh, touchdown. Come on. Now, there is a happy ending because karma is a wonderful thing. Uh, a few plays later, they got the Iowa State got the ball at the 18, and they scored when Hutchinson caught another touchdown pass. So. Yeah, but if you're a bookie, points-wise, you know, you have more points there. What have you had the over? Yeah, well, if you're a betting man, you're bitter. Now, um, You tell that kid not to look back anymore. It's just... I'm losing money on these games. If you watch the replay, it's it it looks like he's looking over his shoulder just because he's afraid someone's going to crush him. He's got nothing better to do than ruin Exactly. And I think it is a big deal. People should make a big deal about I'm this because this I is not taunting. Anymore. This is not taunting. This is a rule taken to its most ridiculous extreme. And speaking of ridiculous extremes, hey, there's a professional radio segue. How'd you like nine overtimes, Mr. Cuthbert? No, nine. Not even hockey. I'll watch Nine overtimes. No now, as a guy who remembers four overtime, a four overtime thriller, on Easter Sunday. Well, let me ask you a question first, though. Hold on. I'm, I'm holding. How many minutes are each overtime? 
Ah, it's a good question. So overtime in college football is um, not a timed sort of affair. The first two, they line the teams up and they, they each try to score. It's almost like a like a shootout, okay, in in the NHL. So, so they don't have time. Like, it's not like nine twenty minute periods. Exactly, that would be so insane. We technically could watch nine overtimes of this. We could, of... but okay. it's it's right. if you get to nine overtimes, it's some bad football. So what they do is they line you up the ten, the fifteen. I, I can't recall where, and they have that you're given a chance to score, and if you don't, the other team score tries to score, and if they don't, you keep repeating the process until somebody wins. They changed that and said, after the first two, we're just going to line you up for a two-point conversion. And again, same process back and forth. Okay, so news for us here, don't you? Yes. Penn State, which was favored (laughs) by 26 points over Illinois, lost in nine overtimes, 18 to 16. 18 to 16 in not. First of all, when you go nine overtimes and you lose 18 to 16. That's a flawed system. You know, anybody that goes to that school is a moron. There is something wrong with. <laughs> yeah, there is something wrong with college football when you lose eighteen to sixteen in of, nine. What kind of product overtimes. are they putting out there in Penn State? I mean, not just Penn. Illinois is bad, but Penn State at least you know had a chance to be good. I'm looking for. Ah, here we go. This is one of the nuggets from the athletic that has to do with this game. Illinois and Penn State combined to miss ten consecutive two-point attempts in the overtime, quote, shootout. Ten between the two of them. So uh, they each missed their first five, and they converted their sixth, and only Illinois converted the seventh to score a 2018 win. Sorry, not 18 to 16. 20 to 18 in nine overtimes. It was technically the most overtimes in a game in NCAA history. See, they changed the rule because a few years ago, when Joe Burrow was playing for LSU, there was a, I'm looking for the stat, a 72, 74 to 72 game. And they said, that's way too much. I'm can looking I, for can the. Can I add a little. Uh, please, please. For this pan, particular story, I'd pan, like to dedicate this next, this next little segment to Penn State and Illinois. Here you go. You shut up, Esther. You just keep sucking on that sucker, sucker. Shut your double-breasted lips. He who keep running thy lippies will get their lippies splitted with one of these. How'd you like one across your lips? Will you shut up? Take your hands off me. I ain't had my tetanus shot yet. Mouth of thy mouth. One of you miserable old snagger tooth jackass. <laughs> you three ugly witches. <laughs> and you married your husband and turned him into frogs. <laughs> this Louisville slugger will knock you out. Every time you open up your mouth, you give away your ignorance. <laughs> I really close your eyes up for you. <laughs> How would you like a fat lip? Como le gustaría un labio Ladies and gentlemen, these these were live clips of the post game uh, coaches to team conversations after the Penn State Illinois game. So, 
first of all, what a great show Sanford and Son was. A show you could never, ever have on the air today. Ever. Along with uh, uh, Archie Bunker either, too. Yeah, absolutely not. So, as I was saying, in 2018, LSU and Texas played a 74-72 seven-overtime game. And after that, the NCAA said, no, we're done with this. The players are beaten up. Joe Burrow himself passed out from dehydration. And they said, we're done with this Michigas. And that was their exact words. So they decided to do that whole, after the second overtime, going to the two-point attempt to shootout. So it's technically the longest game in NCAA history, nine overtimes. It doesn't actually last as long as it sounds. But to me, it lasted forever. And I'll tell you why. Because every year, every year, James Franklin, former Maryland coach, supposed to be the Maryland coach in waiting after Ralph Regan. Every year, you can count on Franklin to do two things. One, throw up a real clunker against a team they're supposed to beat, like Illinois, and then come up real small, as I hold my fingers close together, against teams they can and should beat, like in Ohio State, for instance. So, this was their clunker. I got to say, watching that, I'd say, like, you know, airing this on TV and having to commentate that mm-hmm. back and forth for that result. Can you imagine? I, yeah, I'd love to hear the, the actual radio call. All right, the mother missed two-point conversion. <laughs> Just sitting there. All right, another missed two-point conversion. And Penn State misses again. And <laughs> Illinois misses And this isn't again. even the Pioneer League. Right. We're now going to go to a commercial. Well, I'm sorry. We would go to a commercial, but we don't want you to miss the excitement of another missed two-point conversion. Oh, wait, wait. And uh, no, he missed again. (laughs) Sorry. Hey, folks, let's look ahead to next week's game. Oh, look, another missed conversion. All right. Are we ready to go to the nuggets brought to us by the good folks at The Athletic? Absolutely, brother. One of my favorite parts of the show every week now. I love this. Okay, number one, I read your the, the the Penn State one, so I'll spare myself that. Wake Forest had six touchdowns of at least forty yards in a seventy to fifty six win in Army. This game was not supposed to have one hundred and twenty six points scored, not with Army playing the triple option uh, offense. That's a real slowdown for most teams. So the fact that Army scored fifty six feels like that's more points than they've scored the rest of the season. But yes, forty six of forty or more yards. Uh, Nevada quarterback Carson Strong became the first Division I player to have at least, since at least 2000, to throw 60 passes and complete at least 80% of them. He went 49 of 61 for 476 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and a 34-32 loss at Fresno State. Wisconsin held Purdue to, wait for it, minus 13 rushing yards. Uh, Wisconsin has defeated Purdue 15 consecutive times dating to 2004. Um, and the Badgers sacked quarterback, Purdue quarterback six times and Aiden O'Connell had minus 35 rushing yards. So there you go. Productive day on the ground, uh, for Purdue. The minus 13 rushing yards is the second fewest by a division one team this season ahead of only Colorado's minus 19 against Minnesota. There has been a 99-yard touchdown in three consecutive weeks, and Arkansas State gave up two of them. Not bad. Nice job. In the same game, I imagine. Uh, let's see. And then last, before we get to the Blue Hose update, you, uh, Southern Florida, USF, ran 60 more plays than Temple in a 34-14 win, including the most rush attempts by a non-option team since 2017. 
The Bulls ran 94 plays, including 73 runs, while Temple had just 34 plays total. USF ran for a school record 421 yards, and those 73 rush attempts were the most by a non-option team since USF had 74 rushes against San Jose State in 2017. Wow, that's a lot of sidelines. We're busy. It's a lot of running. All right, now your Presbyterian Blue Hose update. Presbyterian punted five times this season and allowed nine points directly off of them. On Saturday, a punt attempt hit a Presbyterian player. Their own their own punt awesome. hit one of their own players and was returned by San Diego for a touchdown in a 69 to 28 USD win. Ooh, Presbyterian converted one of five fourth down attempts, turned the ball over four times, and attempted only one onside kick. This season, Presbyterian has recovered just six of 30 onside kick attempts. The Blue Hose have also allowed at least 63 points in four of five games, uh, in four or five Division I-A games they have played, and have 28 turnovers in seven total games. So, it's brutal. Perhaps next year. It'll be the year for our mighty blue hose. Next year? I don't know, man. So, five times this season and have allowed nine points directly off of one. The other one, so they had seven points in this game. The other one earlier this year, they tried a punt and it resulted in a safety. So, maybe it's maybe it's best to not punt. Yeah, I mean, you how do you, I mean the, the score is 69 points. I mean... How do you sit through that? How do you, what do you say in the locker room, Rob, after that game? You say, hey, it wasn't 70. <laughs> Our goal was to keep him under 70, and by golly, coach, we did it. Let's go get you know, pizza. <laughs> you know, the Patriots beat the Jets 54 to 18, and people think 54, that's an outrageous number of points. And then you look at college, and teams are scoring 70 points, 60 points, and they're not, and they're not, even, they're not accused of even running up the score. So it's just a whole different world in college. It must be like, look, this is your moment to shine. Get in the end zone as many times as you can. You know, it's just unbelievable. It's so one-sided. It's so lopsided. In, in the end, I mean, you know, the Bucks doing everybody a favor because in the National Mediocrity League, usually teams don't score more than two touchdowns a game. Yeah, okay. Because it's really bad. <laughs> it's not Oh, bad. don't give me that snarky, okay? You know it's the truth. I got you on tape last week talking about this weekend coming up. Not to, uh, I mean, last weekend was not until I really look forward to. No, but I mean the whole idea they score only two touchdowns a game. No, that's that's crazy for Coco. Some Puss of them talk. don't get two touchdowns a game. Yeah, but they don't, the league doesn't average two touchdowns a game, Mr. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They're my Cocoa Puffs. You're scaring me now with that. See? You like what I did there? You're scaring me. It's a little for our, our sports spooktacular. You compared me to a bowl of cereal. You're driving me batty. I'm going to get that statistics. lady with the pop tarts, and we're going to sue you. It's because there are no cocoa puffs. There's no cocoa <laughs> in my cocoa puffs, yes, nor cuckoo cocoa. birds. There are no cuckoo birds in my cereal. <laughs> my cuckoo crisp. Oh man! All right, pal. Good job. Thank you so much. Thank you. Everybody okay out there? Got enough college football for you there? We all Be right? Aim to please. Okay, buddy. Because it's time now. To head. To the rinks, the hardwood, and the diamonds. Braves, Astros game two tonight. We're getting to that for a little bit. 
75 things about the NBA. I think Rob's got something to talk to us about that. And there's a whole lot of hockey going on. Woo! Good news and bad news. Right here on the Sports Huncho! Caps up 2-1 over the Red Wings. Yeah, Rob's getting close. He's bobbing his head. He's not clapping yet, but he's getting close. No clappage. Woo! All right, folks. There's just so many news stories going on when we get to these three uh, major league sports here. As far as hockey, we got uh, one, two, three, four, five games uh, on the on the ducket tonight. There, Bruins and Panthers, two one Panthers who are six and zero going into tonight's game. One of the only uh, few undefeated teams here. Red Wings down to uh, Mr. Cunis Capitals two one. The Maple Loafs losing. To the Bad Hawks. You like that? You like that name? I do like that. I like that. The Bad Hawks, baby. We're up 2-0 against the Maple Loafs. Uh, Vegas uh, plays uh, Dallas a little later on tonight. And Philly goes up against the undefeated Edmonton Oilers. Speaking of Florida, by the way, Coach Q may be getting a call from the commissioner's office sometime in the next few days. So stay tuned on that one. More on that later. Yeah, um, you know, let's do this. Let's start with the basketball real quick. Let's knock this out, uh, and then we'll do uh, baseball, and then we'll just run. We'll run down as much as we can through the hockey uh, craziness that's going on this last uh, last couple of nights this last week. Go ahead, pal. What do okay. you got? For so, us there? Uh, not much in the in the basketball world. Uh, the NBA 75th anniversary is this year, and they announced their 75th anniversary team. You know, all the usual suspects made it. I'm not going to run down the entire list. I just want to point out, I'm not going to do the the game of who was snubbed and who wasn't and who was on the list that shouldn't be. But I like what they did. The NBA did it right, which, you know, doesn't happen very often. Number one, instead of ranking a list by saying, here's the best player and here's the 75th player, they just did in alphabetical order. First on the list, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Last on the list, James Worthy. Alphabetical. It's very equal. Uh, and no one knows who got the most votes, who got the least votes. It's just here they are in alphabetical order. And two, 25 years ago, they did their 50th anniversary team. Okay? And all the players that are on the 50th anniversary, the 50 greatest of the first 50 years, are on this list as well. Because it would seem odd to say any of them got bumped off. If they were part of the 50 greatest, they would certainly be part of a bigger group, the 75 greatest. It's the kind of thing that has the potential to be a PR nightmare, but they just said all the 50, we're going to keep you right where you are, which is good because how are you going to knock them off, especially if you're expanding the list and not contracting it. So uh, the 11 active players that are on the list, no surprise, Giannis, Carmelo Anthony, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, James Harden, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and Russell Westbrook. So those are the active players on that list. You know who's not on this list? Who's and not we'll on prob- the list? And will probably not be on the 100th anniversary, 100 greatest NBA players, our good pal, Mr. Drama Queen himself, Ben Simmons, from your oh, Philadelphia 76ers. Very rich and wealthy Ben Simmons. He is. Ben Simmons has played exactly zippy games so far for the 76ers. He has been receiving treatment for his mental health. And the Sixers came out in the last day or so and said... He's undergoing treatment. We support him fully. He has returned to practice. He's still not going to play. And we are, since he's receiving treatment for his mental health, we are going to continue to pay him while he seeks treatment. So basically, the Sixers have said, we're not going to you know, keep finding you. We're not going to play you. We're going to park you on the bench while you get treatment. Oh, yes, also for your back, quote unquote, 
but also for your mental health. And we'll keep paying you and just sit there until we can figure out what we're going to do with you. So Ben Simmons apparently is making nice with the Sixers, still not playing, and getting paid to receive therapy. So there you go. There's your Ben Simmons update. As his trade value continues to plummet through the floor. Well, with respect to his mental health, we're not going to make any fun of that stuff. No, right. no, I'm not making not fun of saying since that's what he's claiming, he's not mentally ready to play basketball this season. And the Sixers are like, look, we're not gonna we're not gonna go down that public relations uh wormhole. We'll we'll keep if you having having mental issues, we'll keep paying you to receive treatment. We support you. You know, you can practice, but let's just keep you off the court. Hey, were you uh, down at the uh protest uh marching against boxes there for Irvin? No. No, you I was there? not. No. I was not there. Oh, okay. Oh. Good thing. Okay. Hey, quick, uh, before we uh, wrap up the uh, M- quick NBA thing, we got to check in with the Lakers, baby. Ah, yes. Thank you for asking. Your Lakers are now 2-2 two and two on a two-game winning streak. However, because they are the Ingleside Lakers, LeBron James out for tonight's game. Anthony Davis questionable for tonight's game. 2-2, two and two, baby. Ain't that bad. Yep. The cup is and... either half full or half empty. Yeah. What do you exactly. think, pal? I think it's half full. Okay. I like as, it. As, as an Ingleside warrior myself, uh, the cup is always half full. And hey, Carmelo Anthony, at 138 years old, uh, is filling it up again like he was when he was, you know, 28. So we'll see what happens. We shall see. We'll be here for it all yep. season long. Well, actually, no, this is our last episode. We're going to we're doing something yeah. else next week, right? Going to the, the podcast about yeah. podcasts. All right. Well, we'll have a meeting. We'll see what happens. But anyway. We love the L.A. Lakers. We do. They're going to do it, baby. We love it. <laughs> they're going to do something. We yeah, don't know what it is, but they're going to do something. Two and two, four games in. It's a long, long-ass season. There's no doubt about it. All right. Um, the Braves and the Astros, have uh, they've started already. It's uh, first inning there. First pitch has happened, I do believe, as we are live on air here on this uh, Honcho's uh, Sports Spectacular here. And the Astros are up 1-0 after the first. That's a all soccer right. term, but, you know, it's the same thing. One nothing. And, of course, all accounts and descriptions of the game are, and, you know, prohibited, expressly prohibited unless authorized by Major League Baseball. Um, I didn't see that one coming, Braves and Astros. So, you know, um, and poor Charlie Morton. Whew. You know, third yeah. inning gets a 102-mile-an-hour ball off of his leg and then continues to play. Uh, I would be on the ground crying like a little baby. I don't know how he just, he was hopping around out there with a broken leg. It's like Jack Youngblood in the uh, 79 Super Bowl for the Rams. Uh, look, I think that after this, the slug fest that we saw with the Braves or with the uh, Red Sox and the Astros, you know, they got, um, there's really no pitching on that side of the aisle. I mean, you got Garcia, um, sure, who could be rookie of the year. But the the Braves have such a complete team. And it actually, I was going to say it pains me to say that it doesn't. As a Nats hater, I'm super happy to see another NL East team win. Um, but they have a much more complete team. The Astros have a good team. That core is still together, shockingly enough. And hey, Dusty Baker. If the Astros win, I'll be happy for Dusty Baker. But otherwise, I, the, the idea that they could win a World Series, those cheaters with that same core... Okay, I mean the feel-good story is clearly the Braves. They had to rebuild their outfield with because of injuries and other things. They brought in Peterson, brought in Duvall, brought in NLCS MVP Rosario at the trade deadline. 
and they gelled and came together and won, what, 44 their last 66 games, some obscenely high number. So it doesn't surprise me that they leapt out to that 5 nothing lead last night. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, I would be not surprised if it was a Braves sweep. I don't think it's going to happen, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me because the Braves strike me as a much more complete team than well, the Astros. Well, they're in trouble right now losing uh... – well, yeah, I'm not saying they are going to see, but just I wouldn't be you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to knock me over with a feather if they won in a sweep. My issue, of course, is as it is with the all the entirety of these playoffs is these managers, and you got two old school managers in Snitker and Dusty Baker, is they want to try to outsmart each other with just some insane numbers of pitching moves. You know, I heard this parody song today by the great Dan Byrne. And the song was 27 pitchers for 27 outs. <laughs> that was basically his, look, here's what we, here's our ultimate goal. Every manager's ultimate goal, 27 pitchers for 27 outs. I mean, these games are going four-plus hours, and they're not going in extra innings. And, you know, I don't want to be the guy that says baseball's in trouble, but when you start games late and you have these... It'll be in trouble around December 2nd when the CBA... These, yes, well, that's that's a whole other kettle of fish, which we'll tackle later. But these in, the, the pitching changes are... I know what the analytics say, but you got two guys well, who pitch... In, in defense who, of the Braves yesterday, the they guts. were kind of forced into, you know, running well, out... I'm not talking about the time. Charlie Morton change. I'm talking about, you know, a guy pitches to two batters and they take him out because that's what the numbers say. Again, you got a guy who, who is mowing him down and doing well and gives up a couple hits, runs into a little bit of bad luck. You don't take him out. You don't go for the analytic matchups. You gotta sometimes you gotta manage from the gut. And you got two guys who do that very well. And I just think, you know, it's it feels like it's one of these look how smart I am. Look, Dave Roberts again managed himself out of the World Series. You know, it's just you don't have to show you're the smartest guy in the room all the time. So that's the only issue I have with this World Series, which is making it not unwatchable. I'm not going to say one of those guys, one of the sky is falling yeah, baseballs relax, unwatchable. He's got to watch the game, man. But it's just, you know, you look at this and go, really? Do you have to make a pitching change here? I'm, again, not talking about Charlie yeah, but Rob, Morton. by the time you get to this point, if you've been watching baseball all season long, you're used to this. This is part of it. So it's no You surprise. never get used to it. Yeah, but it's worse in the playoffs. Much worse. And I know the stakes are higher, obviously. But it's just some of them. I mean, well, you answered your own thing. You know why they're doing this, so why are you getting upset about it? Uh, because you get upset about things even if you know about it. What kind of a knucklehead <laughs> question is that? Oh, because I know about it, I shouldn't get upset? Sure. Well, you know why this is happening, so you shouldn't get upset about it. That's why I'm getting upset about it, because I know why it's happening. Well, don't That's get what upset makes me about upset. it if you, know, if you know why it's happening. If I didn't get upset, we'd have no show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sports Honchos. Everything is great. Everything's coming up roses. There's nothing to argue about, nothing to discuss. Oh, good night, man. everyone. Look, it's, uh, anyway. it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's going to be a good series. Yep. Astros, uh, probably a little more important for them to win this, uh, maybe for the guys, certain guys on this team, because it's tainted, tainted no. a little bit. They uh, keep – the core is the same. They keep losing uh, the guys on the mound between Verlander – and Keuchel and Garrett Cole, you know all the the, the Houston, the hallmark of that I team. Got real, I got no pitchers. real sympathy for uh, the Houston Astros. Uh, I do no, like I Dusty either. Baker. I mean, if they yeah. win, I'll be happy for him. Uh, the Braves on the other side too. You know, all those Super '90s teams. They haven't, you know, and even the one they won was a shortened season too. And 
Got that was an odd. That was an odd year. But yeah. yeah, they won all those all those division titles and you know three Hall of Famers and Smoltz. And look at this! You got Maddox. you got you got the the cheating Astros, right? And now you got you know beginning of the year MLB takes the All Star game out of Georgia, right? Beep. And now look and look who's in the World Series. In the World Series, ladies and gentlemen. I would gather that a few more people are invested in the World Series than than the All Star game. Which, by the way, if we're going to bring the whole thing full circle. Yeah, let's bring it full one, circle. One thing that Rob Manfred is upset about that wants to be part of the negotiations in December is how many people bail out of the All-Star game, including the Houston Astros who sent nobody to the All-Star well, game. All of the representatives why. bailed out of the I All-Star I bet you if game. they win this year, they'll all be there next year. Sons of bitches. So, and Dusty Baker, still no contract yet, by the way. So, win or lose, I guess this is his last hurrah. Yeah, I think, it's it. I think it's all over. I think, I'm think. i sure he's going to manage again. He, he might, might, even go to, might join might LaRusso and be an assistant coach over in Chicago. Sure. Yeah, that'll be our, the Ingleside White Sox. <laughs> be awesome. <laughs> he may go to San Diego. They're looking for a manager. You know, yeah. if you need a manager to be a calming influence on your team, Dusty Baker's your guy. You do good with Tatis. Knows that lineup, man. That's yep. a tough division now with the Jints and, and, the, and Dodgers the Dodgers. And, woof, man, good stuff Except they're both, they're, they're both at home. You know, I don't want to hear any belly aching about, oh, it's a 106-win team shouldn't have to play a wild-card game and look, they're at home. Again, I point out there was a time not so long ago that a second-place team in the division wouldn't make the playoffs. And it, ne- it doesn't happen all the time where a team that wins 105 games is a wild-card team. So let's zip it, everybody. Yeah. On the zip on the it. it's not it's an unfair system. It's a great system. You know what? Win 107 games next year, and you'll be fine. Good There's morning. my solution. Good ding dong, ding ding dong, ding. ding. Thank you. All right. So anyway, uh, now the Braves have tied at one one. The pressure's back on the Houston Astros. There you go. Let's go Braves. Ooh. So let's no wrap Tomahawk this show up so we can watch the end of the game. For God's sakes. All right. Well, you know what? Let's just stop it now. Good night, everybody. Peace. Good night, everybody. All right, let's head to the ice. Uh, before we get to the uh, the Chicago uh, Badhawk story uh, at the end, I'm just going to run through a couple of quick things here, too, as we are now about, uh, let me see, let's get this exactly right. We want to do the numbers right here. Your own uh, whip around. Rob is a, uh, a mathematician. He's a teacher in, in math, I believe, right? Is that, no. is that what you do? Close. It's social studies. All right. All right, so we were at, we were at the crucial uh, six-game Mark. Yes, <laughs> you can always tell the direction of the season at the six-game mark. <laughs> All right, uh, congrats to the uh, the uh, uh, the Seattle Kraken. Uh, first win at the uh, Climate Pledge Arena the other night. Uh, beat the horrible Habs that they're being called right now. Five-one. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool that the uh, the owner there they they raised and retired the number thirty-two. Not only because of the thirty-second franchise, mm-hmm. but they had thirty-two thousand deposits. For season tickets, I believe. Wow. When they first tried to get the team there. So that was huge. Uh, the owner did a really cool thing there uh, on the ice. Uh, your favorite, Sid, the kid, is going to be back on Thursday for the Penguins. Look good in practice there. Good stuff. Puke City. I mean, six games <laughs> in, and we haven't had Sid the kid. I think uh, Evgeny is still out, too. Um, the Hawks and the Leafs are playing here tonight, and, and the Hawks are, uh, I think the Bad Hawks are up right now 2-0. Uh, but two franchises right now. On the ice, having a lot of trouble, and we'll talk about the Bad Hawks a little bit off the ice. Uh, but um, a lot of expectations for those two teams. Not doing very well. Uh, on the injury side of things here, uh, Kucherov uh, out eight to ten weeks for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So you know what that means, Rob. Oy. See you in the finals. Yeah. 
Enjoy the winter break, buddy. <laughs> I think it's fantastic because you know he's going to be there in May and June. We might just wait until uh, they get home ice uh, for the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah. That is just awesome stuff. Another just big take, guy just out. Take the season off. <laughs> what, a, what a gig. And getting paid for it, buddy. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, Dowdy, L.A., out eight weeks with the knee injury. Woo! Pretty big hit for uh, L.A. there. Um, Dean Kukin there in, in Columbus, he's out too with the wrist injury. Eight weeks. This would be pretty big injuries here and, early and in the season, Rob. S- still no Backstrom here in D.C. as the vigil. The Backstrom vigil continues. He's, he's not from Russia. Backstrom? No. No, he's not from Russia. Not everybody on the Caps is from Russia. Um, uh, Jimmy Hayes, uh, the uh, former Boston Bruins player who recently passed away, is going to be honored this Saturday at the Panthers-Bruins game. Uh, pretty nice. Unfortunate news off the ice with that. Uh, it seems like with some some prescription drugs and stuff and some unfortunate uh, stuff for him. We, uh, it's unfortunate. No. Uh, but the Bruins will honor him on Saturday. Um, as I said before, the Habs suck. And I uh, <laughs> just want to say that again. The Habs Suck. They're in a lot of trouble right now. Weber, uh, Price, obviously out of that lineup right now. Uh, a lot of players also, Rob, these times of COVID are out too. The new norm? Question mark? Maybe? Absolutely. We're going to talk about that when we do the foot- look at the NFL, in fact. Um, uh, congratulations to Toronto's Austin Matthews. What, the second fastest 200 goals after the grade eight, I believe? Yeah, he's a pretty boy. Yeah, so is Sidney Crosby. No, but he's a champion. That's the difference. That's true. That's the difference. True. Austin, guy, has, I can't, Austin I can't hasn't take... won a goddamn playoff round yet. No. Sid's been to the finals, what, five times and won three, four? How many's he got? Come he's on. He's got too many. Yeah. Ha, 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 ha. I like Sid the Kid, and I'm glad he's coming back. He's great for hockey. All right. Um, As far as the league how, leaders right now, what? How dare say you? Something? Yeah. How dare you, by the way, that, that last statement. He's good for hockey. He's good for nobody. He's great for hockey. He's going to be huge. No. going to be a huge impact coming back this season. Highlights. He's done. He's got to take some of the airtime away from your boy, Mr. Alex Ovechkin, who's very hot right now uh, behind Connor McDavid with uh, 12 points. Uh, Connor's got 13. Dry saddle on Edmonton, too. McDavid's alignment with 11 points. Ovi tied with the Flames, Lindholm, and Andrew. I've got to love this name. It's either Mangia Payne. Or Mangiapane. Whatever you want to say, Rob. You know, what you Whatever. want to pick. Manja, manja. They've all got seven goals. In the Nets, Cam Talbot in Minnesota. And the Canes, Frederick Anderson, former Maple Loaf. 5-0. and oh. Five wins there on the season. Canes. Have you, uh, uh, have you seen how spectacularly the other old Anderson is doing? Good old Craig Anderson God in Buffalo? God love what's going on in Buffalo, baby. Jeez. That love guy. It. Put a hurt on the Kucher of less Tampa Bay Lightning the other night. And Mr. Samco's getting a little dirty on the ice. There yeah, they're too, definitely going to win the third cup in a row. <laughs> uh, he'll be back. Yeah. No problem. Uh, and last thing here. Uh, actually, i got two, two more little quick things here. Uh, the undefeated teams here, Canes 5-0. and um, Oilers tonight, too, against Flyers. Cats versus the Prunes tonight, 6-0. and And the Blues, 5-0, and too, uh, will be uh, against the Avs, I believe, tonight as well. Or tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Something like that. Uh, so pretty impressive. Game 5-6 in. You know, undefeated. Uh, Couple of teams that there have not been, been uh, have uh, regulation ties and stuff like that. But as far as undefeated records, good stuff there too. Um, I want to do one last thing too. I want to uh, 
We want to congratulate Jason Payne, uh, coach for Cincinnati in the ECHL. Um, he is now the the only uh, black coach in professional North American hockey. And he got his first win the other night, and uh, we want to congratulate him on that. All right. Congratulations. What's his name? Jason Payne. Jason Payne, and he wants to uh, hopefully one day uh, coach in the NHL. So, he's, he's Cincinnati is um, affiliated with who? Which team? Oh, I got to look, man. Sorry, I, I didn't that's, mean to throw you a curve. No, there. that's okay. <laughs> I like it. It's it's uh, it's all right. It's uh, their ECHL, and I got to find this out now for you because you asked it. Uh, I can't, how do you spell Cincinnati? I mean, come on. I mean, C I N C I N N A T I. That's even the the uh, the worst thing is is just how to spell that. So, um, the best uh, thing about cyclones, your anyway. Here, you know, I mean, you know, we we don't. We don't, you know, we don't we don't lie to our fans out here. We're not like no, you know, we're not we don't have a guys who go down to rape reporters and yeah. stuff like that. We're like fans we don't, down there, you know. I mean, right. We don't on. have a we don't have a team of researchers at our disposal, whispering no, in our ear. No. no producers. No, we don't. We don't nothing like that. This is just us. I was just going to say, while you're looking, that the best thing about your rundown there was listening to teams playing teams outside of their division. Yes. After a year of all the. Interconference games. They are affiliated with the Buffalo Sabres. There you go. And the Rochester Americans in the American Hockey League, also known as the AHL. Love the Rochester Red Wings. What? Or Rochester Americans. What did you call them? Oh, I'm sorry. The Rochester Red Wings. Sorry. That was our that was our minor league baseball team in Baltimore. The Rochester Red Wings. Sorry. I still love it. It's okay. That was our triple A team. I equally make mistakes. All right, so yeah. congratulations to Jason, and uh, wish him the best of luck. And we'll just wrap up the hockey he- thing here too with the uh, the Hawks, the Bad Hawks. Um, mm. If if everybody's not caught up in it right now, everybody knows uh, Stan Bowman's been fired as far as well as Al. Uh, so he's resigned. Thank you. Not what? fired. He's resigned. They were fired. Come on. Of course he was, but he says he resigned to save face. I don't care what if he that, says. Yeah, he was fired. Just like John Gruden didn't resign, he was fired. Yeah, Stan right. Bowman was. Fired. Those two guys are out. Um, former assistant coach Brad Aldrich accuses some uh, horrible stuff, and yep. these guys seem to all have been privy to it. And uh, like you were saying earlier, maybe Coach Quenville and a couple other guys uh, who might have been on around this team. You got to you got to go and read the articles on this, and, and and basically educate yourself in terms of what exactly happened, uh, who was involved, the timing it was, 2010. Hawks were on their way to the Stanley Cup, all that kind of stuff. The league itself is fined uh, the Hawks $2 million. Is it enough? I don't know. Um, you know, big big boy sports like this, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, look, Penn State, another horrible, 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 horrible place. And anybody who's gone there is a horrible person, too. I mean, we are. I actually try to distance <laughs> myself from. Uh, from Penn State. Um, so yeah. let me just what add you, a couple think, things. Um, first of all, the U.S. attorney is investigating the Blackhawks. Stan Bowman, son of Scotty Bowman, the guy who put together those three cup-winning teams in 10, 13, and 15. Uh, nobody now who was with the organization in 2010 when these allegations occurred um, is with the team anymore. And the the net of this the reason I mentioned that you know Coach Q might be getting a phone call along with um, the current GM of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his name. They were both with the Black Hawks in 20. 20- what? Cheveldayoff. 
Shovel Dick? Is that what you said? No! I thought you said Shovel Day! Okay. Uh, Who's those headphones? (laughs) They were with the team in 2010 when these allegations were brought to their attention. Um, And so uh, Gary Bettman has said he plans to arrange personal meetings in the near future with both of them and to discuss their roles in the relevant events as detailed in the report. I'll reserve judgment on next steps, if any, with them. So we're not done. Um, there's nothing to suggest that either one of these guys had anything to do with what Coach Aldrich did or did not do, but they're they're going to get a talking to, and and well they should if they were uh, if, if there was a meeting in which these allegations were brought to their attention, you know somebody should find out what they knew and what they could have done and what they didn't do. Um, Bowman also stepped down as general manager of the U.S. men's Olympic hockey team. So he's pretty much persona non grata in the And if these gentlemen want to try and pursue employment in the National Hockey League in the future, they have to go through this rigorous kind of, I mean, what could, what could that be? They've got to call Gary Bettman and no. ask if it's okay in the future. That was another liner in the notes that I read. So, so they, they uh, actually could possibly potentially come back to work, ladies and gentlemen. They could, um, you know, I don't know who at this point who would hire them. That's a pretty toxic situation. Um, but we don't know. We actually don't know. I mean, we know he resigned, but we don't, it was fired or resigned, whatever he did. We don't really know the extent of his involvement. Was there a cover up? Did he not take steps that he should? It's not been alleged that he was, uh, part of the, the actual sexual assault. That was the, the coach Aldridge, uh, Involvement, but we don't know what Bowman did. So until that comes out, you know, we don't know what his future is. Certainly in the next couple of years, he's going to be laying low, hopefully, if he's smart. Um, but until we know exactly, did he cover it up? Did he not say anything? Did he have a duty to report? Did he keep this guy employed even after finding out that he may or may not have done these things? These allegations came to light. Who knows? Um, it was obviously something because he resigned. I'm sorry. He was fired or he resigned. Make up your mind, Rob. I mean, you say fired. I say resigned. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I stick with my, you know, he's fired. Cut it out. He was fired. All right. I was trying to be nice. Bullshit. Don't make him his he air quotes thing. Just call like it is, man. He's a bum. Plus, you know he what? Didn't I take care of business. How'd you like to be legend? Legendary Scotty Bowman. And you're like, oh, what did my kid do now? <laughs> Well, how old is Scotty Bowman now? I don't know. Is Scotty Bowman still with us? Somebody look that up. Where's my Where's my research team? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. Uh, he can't hear you because Scotty's 15 because cups, he's no are longer with cup us. rings are in his ears or whatever the heck it is. Uh, as no. Elton John used to sing, it's a sad, sad, sad situation. Scotty Bowman. And the only huh. thing. Still with us. 88 years old. 88. God still bless. with us. Yep. Oh. It'll be a little uncomfortable around the Thanksgiving table this year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it sure will. I don't make you know. I don't want to make light of this either. Too. I mean, this is serious stuff. Obviously, the uh, the kid involved and everything else. And you know, I mean, unfortunately, in sports, it's not just hockey. This has been going on way too long. And un- yeah. un- unfortunately, it's always the people at the top. And you know, when you, when you read this story too, you find out because of you know they were in the playoffs and then the Stanley Cup run and and like winning is more important. You know, and you get things. You know pushed under the rug. I mean, like I, I joked before about Penn State, but I mean, the Penn State thing is just, it's disgusting. It's not the, 
not the place, but it's the people. Mm-hmm. You know, and in athletics and school, I mean, you you and as parents, as parents, mm-hmm. myself included, you you when you 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 drop your kids off, whether it's college or NHL, that's a different stuff. You know, another level. You you, know, you hope that you don't even think, but when you when you hand your kids off to coaches, you know, and you trust directors, and there's there's supposed to be a you know checks and balance and everything. I mean, that's that's just the, the sad, well, sad story. Well, look at what's happening with women's gymnastics and Larry Nasser. I mean, that's a horrifying oh, situation. Exactly. Speaking of speaking of you know, putting your trust in coaches' hands, these, you know, these young girls, young women putting their trust in Larry Nasser's hands, and, psh, you know, it's it's terrible. You're right. It's You there's a, a you step into the role of the parent, the guardian. I mean, it's the same thing with teachers. We're expected to be the parents for eight hours a day while they're – in school, the parents put their trust in all of us that work at schools that we're going to take care of their kids. And when that trust is, is violated, it's hard. It, they ain't never turning back from that. It's hard to regain that trust. Even after, even if it turns out that nothing really happened, that's why, you know, I don't know about how it is, you know, where your wife works, but around here, the mere allegation of impropriety without any sort of a fact finding mission or any kind of trial or tri- charges being formally charged whatever yeah, that word I get, is I get you know it. what i mean uh you're you're done your career is over all, all it takes is one allegation and you can never come back from that and i'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing it's just that's how it is because that trust you're always looking over your shoulder you're always looking at that teacher you know a little sideways because you know maybe nothing was proven maybe it turned out to be false but there's something there that now is kind of creeping you out a bit, kind of making you look twice at that teacher. So, you know, when you when you put these athletes into the care of others, you know, whether they're kids or young adults, especially players who have never lived away from home, you take players from one part of the country and you send them to a different part of the country where they have no support system – and the coaches and the players and the trainers, they're all the support system in lieu of a family, in lieu of friends. It's a big responsibility. And when you violate that, you got to be held accountable. It's just the way it is. You Absolutely. Know, it's very, and very, very sad. A lot of these um, big organizations, and like I said, and, and unfortunately, it's, it's, it's not just in the sports world. No. You know, nope. I mean, we have accountability here at the Honchos, so you got, yep. I mean, we got nothing to worry about here. There's tons of a- full transparency. Yes, absolutely. You're transparent, no Honchos. All right, pal. Before we get to the fake football, uh, let's just uh, talk about the uh, the real football that's been played uh, all across this great country of ours. And your favorite, your favorite league, MLS. Major League Soccer. Fantastic. Let's this is it, where okay? I go out for a smoke. All right. Here we go. No, just going to be real quick, man. No. Uh, New England, uh, after 33 matches, is 22-7, uh, and seven, Rob. Top of the league there in the Eastern Outstanding. Conference. And then over in the Western Conference, no surprise here, the Seattle Sanders. Sanders? I call them the Sanders. It's Seattle Sanders, baby. Even I knew that. 17-7. And that's it. And I figured I'd play this song for Rob because... He can't stand soccer. It's a shame. I just, I don't, I wouldn't say I can't stand. I just, it's just not my cup OT. All right. All right, let's bring in our uh, two favorite uh, sports honjos. 
contributors right now as we go to the national. It's time, my friends. Al, you old son of a bitch. How you doing? How do you feel about that call today? I mean, the Dolphins, fourth and three play on their 30-yard line with only 34 seconds to go. How do you think I feel? Betrayed, bewildered. This is very exciting. Yeah, it is, fella. Oh, right on, amigo. Damn straight. Damn straight. (laughs) Fucking A. Fucking A, right. It's fantastic. You know, it makes me smile every time. It's time. All right. The National Mediocre League, baby. Right here in the hot shows. Who's ready for the NFL whip around as we look at uh, the week seven games? A lot of significant teams were on their bye week. Some weird uh, confluence of events that had teams like the Chargers not playing, the Cowboys not playing. So it was, uh, this would be Paul's kind of week. It was a meh sort of week. We did have some good games, some interesting games, some nuggets from the games. Uh, the Titans, Tennessee Titans, 27-3 to over the Chiefs in Nashville. Now they have beaten Buffalo and Kansas City in successive no weeks. No joke, is it, man. Is Love it time it. to start taking Tennessee for real? Who knows? And they did this without an overwhelming game from Derrick Henry. Last week, I thought he would run for 200 yards against the Kansas City defense. He ran for 86 yards and 30 carries, but he did throw for a score. He had a touchdown pass, which was nice. Uh, Kansas City is falling apart, not just on defense. The offense only scored three points, the lowest points for the Chiefs in almost 10 years, December 30, 2012. In fact, the last time they scored three points was the last game the Chiefs played before hiring Andy Reid as their coach. Mahomes already has nine interceptions. He had six in 2020 and five in 2019. Now, he did have 12 in 2018, but he also had 50 touchdown passes and threw for over 5,000 yards. So we'll forgive him on that one. Look, it's too early to pronounce the Chiefs and Mahomes is dead on arrival. Maybe he's still feeling the shock and the pain and the aftershocks of the domination by Tampa in the Super Bowl. The team's in a slump. There's no two ways about it. But the league has not, quote, figured out Mahomes, as some pundits are saying. Nobody's going to – you might have figured him out, but you're not going to stop him. Um, and if there's one coach that you want at the wheel to right the ship, it's Andy Reid. So Mahomes and the Chiefs will find a way to save the season. I fully expect to see them in the playoffs come the end of the season. And by the way, Mahomes went into, the concussion, went into a concussion protocol during this game. He spent about 20 seconds – under the big blue tent before being declared, quote, concussion-free. It's kind of like Russell Wilson last year, I believe, or the year before, spending about five hot seconds in the tent getting the same sort of concussion protocol treatment. You know, it kind of feels like uh, that the protocol takes less time for the biggest stars in the league. Hmm. Hmm. Ponder that one for a few minutes. All right. The Patriots, 54-13 to over the Jets. The Jets are woeful. If I'm a Jets fan... I, there's, I have nothing, no hope, zero Imagine, zip, Rob, zilch. not only a Jets fan, but a Mets fan, too. I it mean, must the, be the Ets, the, the team with the E-E-T-S transition from Mets fans who are also Jet fans the summer into fall. I mean, you need some help. Well, so the Jets lost their, their rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, with a PCL injury. They tra- this is how desperate they are. They traded for Joe Flacco, former Ravens quarterback, Super Bowl champion. Joe Joe. Flacco from the Eagles on Monday. Desperate times in New York again. Uh, Mac Jones is putting more distance between himself and the other rookie quarterbacks. Solid, but unspectacular. The perfect engine for the Bill Belichick offense. And speaking of William Belichick, 
You think he likes playing the Jets? 54 points in an NFL game. Yikes. Again, 54-13. I gave him five more points earlier. It's 54-13. to uh, The biggest game of the weekend, at least going into the weekend, was uh, the Bengals and the Ravens in Baltimore. The Bengals, 41-17, to demolishing nice job. the Ravens in Baltimore. Cincinnati with Joe Burrow and the Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jamar Chase, his former running mate at LSU, is suddenly taking charge of that division. Reuniting Chase with Burrow has made all the difference. Some people said they should have drafted an offensive lineman, they instead went for the money Burrow to Chase combo. Uh, Burrow and Justin Herbert are not just one-year wonders. I think we're now just coming to that conclusion. They are more NFL-ready than any quarterback to come around the last five years, not name Mahomes or Watson. Imagine if Burrow had not gotten injured last year. He was steamrolling towards the rookie of the year. And then it brings me to Baltimore. Which Baltimore is the real Baltimore? The team that was 4-1 and one in a 1-4 and four shell? The team that dominated the Chargers with a running game? and a solid defense. Which Baltimore team is it? And Lamar Jackson had a meh sort of game. We were talking him up as the MVP after the Chargers game. This game, not so much. So I don't know which Baltimore is going to show up ultimately. But Cincinnati, Cincinnati is not the joke they used to be. All it takes, find yourself as a Joe Burrow, and you can get off the schneid. Uh, the Bucks beat the Bears 38-3. to Nothing exciting here except for Tom Brady through his 600th Career touchdown pass. Justin nice Fields of the Bears. Nice story with that ball, you know. Yeah. Justin Fields with the Bears, who is getting beaten up every game in this rookie season, only 598 touchdowns behind. Yes, <laughs> uh, that 600 touchdown catch, the ball from that catch that Mike Evans caught, um, and he mistakenly threw it to a fan, not realizing that that ball had significance. Uh, Brady got the ball back. The fan didn't hold out for anything. He wasn't one of these guys that was trying to hold the team ransom. I believe he got two signed Brady jerseys, a signed helmet. Two season passes. Uh, couple, yeah. This year, season, this, year. this year and next year, a yep. $1,000 credit in the in the Tampa Bay uh, store. What would you get in the team store with a 1000 bucks, buddy? That's a lot. You, you can go buy in a lot there of with a shopping cart on the first day and you spread it out over your two season passes. Oh, no. I definitely just start piling up. Well, you know, you know what I would do? I'd buy some things for myself. Have some of the, you know, have if my sons were Tampa Bay fans, I'd have them come in, say, buy a couple things, divide up the the money. My mom, if we were Red uh, Bucks fans, not Redskins fans, and we got the thousand dollar credit, I'd divide it up amongst the family. Here's five for you, five for me, nine hundred bucks for me. You know, I hate here, to bring this here's up, a, but here's yeah. a pencil. A thousand, a thousand bucks in a team store, a professional team store, is really not a lot of money. No, you can buy a jersey and a hat, yeah. and, you, and not even an official one. All right, so that was a nice story. Guy gave it back, got some reward, uh, got a Mike Evans, couple of Mike Evans autograph things, the season tickets, the whole thing. They really, they treated him well, and he, and he didn't ask for anything, which I thought was nice. Uh, the Raiders now two and zero in the post John Gruden era, thirty three twenty two over the hated. Philadelphia Eagles in Vegas and you know slowly uh, slowly silently quietly behind the scenes Derek Carr is making a name for himself as you know possibly one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL that nobody is talking about this past weekend he's completed 31 of 34 passes for 323 yards that's 91 percent 91 percent not good enough Again, arguably the most overlooked passer in the NFL. He has thrown for 2,269 yards, 12 TDs, five interceptions, at a 68% completion percentage. Second in the NFL in yards to Tom Brady, of course. 
Uh, and he has been very good the last three seasons before this one. 4,000-plus yards each of those years with no worse than a 67%. Completion percentage, he is wasting away out in Vegas, a team that is not going anywhere anytime soon, a team in turmoil, uh, but somehow finding a way to win under Rich Biasaccia, lifer, NFL lifer, Rich Biasaccia, or Bisaccia, excuse me, uh, special teams coach. Again, NFL lifer. So good for them. Good for Vegas. All right, next week. Uh, the Packers and the Cardinals tomorrow night was supposed to be the game of the week. 7-0 Arizona, 6-1 Green Bay. Uh, the, the biggest test so far for Arizona in their, as they're marching towards an undefeated season. However, both Alan Lazard and Devontae Adams, who could arguably be the best receiver in football, they're both in the COVID list. So I don't expect to see them playing tomorrow, which is going to take some of the shine off this game. Make it slightly harder for Green Bay to put up a fight against Arizona. We shall see. Uh, Steelers at Browns. This is much like the USC-Notre Dame game and Florida-Georgia. This game, no matter what the records are, it's always a slugfest between these two AFC teams. Always a the bitter, bitter rivalry between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Should be interesting to see. Should be fun to see, even if you're not from those two cities. Patriots at Chargers, the best rookie quarterback last year in uh, Justin Herbert versus this year's best rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. Uh, Bucks at Saints, a little revenge for Tom Brady, who lost twice in the regular season to the Saints, although there's no Drew Brees with his hairpiece. Right. And Monday, uh, Sunday night, Cowboys at Vikings. Again, Kirk Cousins, you know I love the man. He's playing. <laughs> He's um, certainly he's a top five quarterback at worst this season, putting his team in a position every week to win. If only they had a real kicker, they might have a better record than they have now. So there you go. There's your NFL whip around for week seven, looking ahead to week eight. We'll do it again next week, folks. Well, we're not done yet. I, w- I would like uh, Rob Cuny's a uh, couple minutes on his uh, Washington football club. No, I can't. Come on. I got nothing. Come on. It's, people are this i mean come on you're a big fan you're a super fan you know come on what can i say the team stinks there you go this is what we okay. want stinks this is a team i'm not even going to address the off the field stuff with you know the emails and congress getting involved and and roger goodell saying we've punished dan snyder enough leave us alone and the ex-employees saying are you insane we want to see the emails go f yourself roger goodell i'm not even going to get into any of that all you need to know about the Wooft is this. They have a kicker they didn't trust. He missed two extra points, two field goals this season. Okay, you don't trust him? Fine. You want to get rid of him? Be my guest. But who do they get in return? Who do they pick up to replace a guy that they don't, they quote-unquote don't trust? He kicked up a kicker. Never mind that his last name is Blewett. You can't make this stuff up. His last name is Blewett. You know how many before <laughs> Sunday... By the way, the first kick in the game against the Vikings, it was blocked. Typical. He did make one fist. It was one for two in field goals. Before Sunday's game, he had kicked as many field goals in the NFL as you and I combined. (laughs) Zippy! And in college, when he was at the University of Pittsburgh, I think he made like 60% of his field goals. In college, you're not supposed to make – you're supposed to make 90-plus in college. So of all the guys kicking out there, you mean even 100-year-old Sebastian Janikowski couldn't come in for a couple games? You couldn't get anyone else? So you pick up a guy with zero 
NFL kicks. What about somebody who plays for the uh, MLS team in town? Yeah, get a soccer player. (laughs) Didn't Carly Lloyd say that she could kick field goals as well as a man? Great, bring her in. She can't be worse than Chris Blewett. Blewett. His name is Blewett. (laughs) And you ask me why I don't want to spend a second on the Wolfskins. This is awesome. We're doing this This every week. this abusive this relationship that I'm idea. in. I love these guys, and they tear out my heart every time. Every week. Okay, then. Thank you. Good. See, you, gotta, oh. see, you feel better now, right? Do I even have to talk about a quarterback that... Okay, you remember the movie Major League? <laughs> you remember Major League? Yes. Right? You remember when Wesley Snipes in spring, I guess it was, it, was, it was regular season, he slides into first, and he's like a few inches short of the, of the yes. base, and the first baseman's like saying, come on, a little yep. more, a little mm-hmm. more. Taylor Heineke, clean run to the end zone, decides to dive head first into the end zone when there's nobody around. He could have walked upright into the end zone. Decides to dive head first into the end zone, puts his fucking knee down. <laughs> A yard from the goal line before he reaches the ball over the over the pylon. That's not a touchdown. Your knee is down. You're done. You've given yourself up. That's the rule, you know. When when you give yourself up as a runner, when your knee goes down, even if you haven't been touched, you're down. And that's what he did. He gave himself up a yard before the end zone. And, I, and when I saw that, I immediately thought of Wesley Snipes laying there on the grass, reaching for first base, and the first baseman going, "Come on, just a little further." And then. On the next play, he fumbles the ball in the quarterback sneak going over the end zone, gets his own fumble, fumbles it, recovers his own fumble, but again, his knee was down after he recovered the fumble and before the ball crossed the plane, and we get zero points out of it. Up until the... I got one more for you. Green Bay. (laughs) Before this game, before this game, Green Bay had allowed opponents 15 trips inside the red zone and they had scored 15 times opponents were 15 for 15 in the red zone against green bay the wolfskins come to town zippy four trips inside the red zone zero scores zippy zippy god my head hurts love it it's my new favorite part of the show now every week we're doing this Least, I need a giant bottle of aspirin. until the Washington Football Club is officially eliminated. No, oh, they well, hold on, hold on. This just in: they've been officially eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, I love it, buddy. I love it. We should just do a separate Washington Football Club honcho show with you. Oh, just random. God, no, it's awesome. Can't, it's great. can't do it. Hey, Rob. At least before we go to the DOTW, as far as no. the National Media League is concerned. At least you're not a Detroit Lions fan. Let's just check in with about 30, 40 seconds of uh, Coach Dan Campbell's post-game press conference to the Rams. Please, that'll cheer me up. That'll be a pick. Dan, the decision just to be aggressive all day long. Onside kick, two fake punts, to to still not be enough. How how tough is that? Yeah, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, you know, but... uh, we wanted to, uh, you know, we knew that we felt like we, we could gain an advantage there and see if we could get some possessions back. And, uh, you know, and they helped, but it wasn't enough, you know. It wasn't enough. It's too good of a football team to make. You're not allowed to make one or two errors against a football team like that. So, 
you know, that, that's what's tough is you get in those type of games against against them. Um, you know, comes down to, you know, us trying to make a play in the pass game there towards the end uh, to get in the end zone. And, you know, Aaron Donald, man, you know, we did a pretty good job for most of the day. And then, you know, he gets us on one and there you go. There you go, Rob. There you go. What happened to the bone crushing, knee capping, head crushing, pre-season? I just got the job and I'm going to save Detroit. Dan Campbell. Yeah, where'd, where'd that guy go? Where is he? Where is he? Now he's sweating profusely, stressed out, hats all over his head, can't talk straight, arms are waving. He's a little uh, beclumped, you might say. He is a lot verklempt because he's looking down the barrel of Jared Goff and going, what have I, what, what's happening here? Where'd this team go? What happened to Matt Stafford? Hard so, show. But look, he's... That's Detroit, what do you expect? I like him, though. He's good for the game. I hope he sticks around for a while. No, he's not. He's fun. Oh, he's a stop. fun coach. You've made fun of him. He's been the dope of the week. That's why he's I want to keep him around. Game. Oh, man. He's All good right. for us, for our business. All right. We're running out of time here. So let's do this. It's time for the dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's awesome, dude. Who's ready for a spooktacular? Dope of the week. You know, the Gags Gang and I, even on a holiday weekend, spend countless hours each week in the scary basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating your own Dope of the Week. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter. That's at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Co. And who? Ooh, we'll be carrying the really? mythical sports honchos really? dope of the week <laughs> cup around the ice rink of shame this week. Why it's none other than a honcho's favorite, Mike Leach, head coach of your Mississippi State Bulldogs football team. In honor of Halloween, I have a candy themed oh, DOTW. We here at the sports honchos love good old coach Mike Leach in good times and in bad times, he is one of our faves in the sports world. At the moment, Leach is having a meh-plus kind of year. Leach's Bulldogs are 4-3, and 2-2 two and two in the SEC West. Good for fifth place out of seven teams in the division. Overall, he's 147-100 and 100 in his career, 8-8 eight eight in bowl games. As much as we love what Leach has done on the field, we, what we really love is what he has done off the field. More specifically, we truly enjoy his interviews. Win or lose, Leach is always good for a quote, and he is more than happy to speak his mind on any topic. Who can forget his epic rant in 2019 about which Pac-12 mascot would come out victorious in a battle royale amongst all of the mascots? What kind of mythical powers does a Sun Devil have? We've got to consider that. I'm going to say the Wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he? does he have a horse or is he on foot? Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? Uh... The Bruin, definitely formidable. Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree's going to get chopped down, or it's unless we're going to go with the bird and somebody might get pecked or something. I don't know. And then um, the duck. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Uh, the beaver. Well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. Um, the uh, the Ute again. We're back to 
Uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that youth's got a rifle, there's some definite problems. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because there's a lot of uh, this is deep, man. outside <laughs> stuff there. Um, just as far as a beast alone, uh, a buffalo's going to be pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu- a buffalo's d- utterly outstanding. Well, but Butch, Butch is going to have to be clear-minded and crafty. I mean, Butch will, Butch will find a way. There's no question. The Cougar will find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and and, uh, and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings. Now, I, I Butch, by the way, is the Washington State Cougar. I have no idea what the question was that precipitated that rant about the Battle Royale. What are you doing your free time? Okay, but still, that is awesome. That that he just did that off the top of his head. He didn't plan this out. It wasn't a prepared speech. Anyway, last Saturday, Mississippi State boat raced the whipping boy of the SEC, Vanderbilt, forty-five to six. After the game, Leach was approached by Alyssa Lang of the SEC Network for a comment as he was leaving the field. Now there was nothing particularly interesting about the game, so Lang asked Leach for a comment on a much more pressing and serious issue. Candy corn. What's your favorite Halloween candy corn? I mean, I completely hate candy corn. Um, (laughs) uh, When I was a kid, well, gummy bears. Let's see, Uh, gummy bears for sure. Sour or regular? Uh, um, the the, the hair bow. It's got to be the hair bow ones. And then uh, the other thing I like is uh, is when they used to have the the uh, sprees in a box, outstanding. You have to go to the dollar store to find it, but I do. And then the latest, the, the latest thing is there's still candy innovation. Although a while back I found that Europe had better candy than we did overall because <laughs> they have gummy everything. And then, uh, but. Uh, um, the, uh, you know, they have those nerds clusters, which is new. With the gummy. Yeah, which is good. The nerds clusters is good. And then if you go chocolate, uh, probably almond joy. Love it. Hopefully you'll get some of that next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Thanks, coach. All right, thank you. Now, Leach best. is not is not I this week's winner. Play for him. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great. Now, Leach is not this week's winner because he spent a minute on Halloween candy during a post-game interview. Nobody cares about the outcome of this game, even in Starkville. So I'm glad Leach spent that precious time on a much more relevant topic. Leach is the DOTW because of what he said about Halloween candy. Let's break down the game film like any good coach would do. Now, I am with him on the candy corn issue. Unless we are talking about the chocolate-tipped candy corn, candy corn is the devil. It is the lowest rung on the candy ladder, loved only by dentists. It is the peeps of Halloween. It is right there with circus peanuts, and good and plenty is the axis of candy evil. Leach then is given the opportunity to sing the praises of any other candy to a national audience. Leach had the chance to bear his candy soul right there on network TV. And what does he choose? Gummy bears. Gummy bears? That's the best you can do? Leach then takes a moment to rethink his own candy mortality and comes up with an alternative to, quote, anything gummy. So he busts out spree in a box from the dollar store? Are you kidding me? You're killing me here, coach. Then Coach Leach commits the biggest atrocity of all. He badmouths the United States of America by declaring Europe a better candy destination than the United States. This is America, pal. America. 
America. We are the land of the fat and happy. No one has better candy than us. And what evidence does Professor Leach reveal to prove his candy-coded hypothesis? Nerd clusters. What's wrong with this guy? You know, it is not until the end of his sugary sentiments that Leach acknowledges the more traditional Halloween staple, chocolate. But he can't even get that right. Of all the chocolate-themed candy in the world, Leach picks Almond Joy? Not M&M's, not Milky Way, not Three Musketeers, not Kit Kat. No Reese's peanut butter cups, just sad little Almond Joy. Almond Joys are always the last pick on the candy school playground. So, if you are scoring at home, the candy menu at the Leech House is gummy bears, boxes of sprees from the dollar store, nerds clusters, and Almond Joys. The moral of the story, stay away from the Leech House this Halloween, kids. So, Mike Leech, for trying as hard as you can to be the house that gets egged, or toilet paper this Halloween for making the family giving out boxes of raisins or toothbrushes seem like the best house in the neighborhood. And for scaring more kids on Halloween than Michael Myers, you are the sports honchos dope of the week. Congrats, coach Leach. Your certificate along with some almond joys and gummy bears are in the mail. Way to go coach. Oh, I love coach Leach, man. Hey, bravo, Mr. Cuny. That was one of your best. Thank I love you. that man. Good stuff. Thank you very much. I didn't know where you were going. And then you did the candy. I love it, man. Thank Look you. Look at you, man. Not Thank only you are you handsome, much. you are talented. I try. That is, that I'm... is. I tell so, you they... so, so Paul here pointed out that clip to me. He tweeted me that, that clip, and I'm watching it going, what can I do with this? And I was sort of stumped for the dope of the week, because quite frankly, nobody was that dopey. And really? I was like, wait a minute. Surprisingly, come on. The man doesn't like candy corn, okay, but then gummy bears and almond joy and nerd clusters. What's wrong with this guy? And you know, he's a he's a man who's no stranger to candy, Mike Leach. He's a big fella. You'd think he'd have better, you know, choice of candies, so he didn't. So I call but really, to bad mouth the United States of America, not be patriotic and God say damn. Europe God Europe damn son of a bitch. Europe what is outdoing us it? in candy. Get Put the fuck out of here. Send him over to Europa. He wants his candy I'm, over there. Yeah. I mean, if he was going to go with, you know, Europe is beating us with Toblerone Plain or some of their... Pickup truck. We're going to Agus house. Some of their Belgian chocolates or the German Kinder candies, but to say nerds clusters, that's what Europe is beating us in? Get the fuck out of here. I don't know, man. Some flakes and some Cadbury's over there is pretty damn good, though. He's got a little point. Well, the chocolate over there is pretty good. I'm not saying Dutch it's chocolate. not, Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Nobody Hogan's beats the United States. Hagendas was is a New Jersey company that made up the name Hagendas. There's nothing nothing foreign about Hagendas. Not only is Cutie do the great DOTW, but he's a fact checker, man. He knows where the shit comes from. Hey, man, I remember Hagen. Remember there was also um when we were kids. Remember Frozen Glacia, another made up foreign sounding ice cream. Frozen Glacia. What the hell does that even mean? I don't know. I tell you this. Oh, you much. know what it means? It means we can charge you more money for it. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Put a colorful little some like calligraphy on the side. And yep. Raise the writing a little bit. Yep. Picture of some nice sultry chocolate melting on a table. Delicious. Yummy. Anyway, I'll be coming by the CUNY's residence there to uh, get some candy. Gonna drive down to uh, Maryland, knock on your door, boo. And, uh, I got plenty of gummy bears for you. Oh no, man. 
<laughs> All right, folks, as always, thanks for tuning in to the Sports Honchos here. Follow us everywhere at Sports Honchos. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, please. Even more important. So, Mr. Security, as always, please bid the good folks of the Internet and the podcast world a good evening. We thank you once again for listening, for supporting. Rate us, review us, subscribe, follow us, do all that stuff. Hey, it's a big weekend coming up. It's Halloween weekend. So more importantly, now more than ever, be kind to one another. Give out some quality candy, full size, not the fun size. Be nice to each other. Give each other a hug once in a while. And hey, moms, dads, Halloween is Sunday. Take the kids out Sunday, not Saturday, sons of bitches. And as always... After I said sons of bitches, it seems weird. But as always, peace. Honchos are out, baby! Ow! Ow!